Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening. I'm Dr. Nefertiti Noel. And I'm Darren Noel. We are a few minutes behind schedule. We were having some technical difficulties, and what you did not see um, is me being a little bit angry that that everything wasn't working. So I'm glad that we're on air, and I kind of want to jump into um, stop making low self-esteem decisions so we can just kind of get started. So um, I run a full, thriving private practice um, in behavioral health in Naperville, Chicagoland area. And um, Darren? And here in the Law Associates, I focus on resume consults and mock interviews. All right. So let's just talk about those self-esteem decisions. Let's talk about kind of how we got to um, having this discussion or wanting to have this discussion today. So lots of times people come into our or into our office or we work with them in different capacities, especially when we're talking about couples. Um, And also, Darren, I'm sure when you're talking about work issues. Yes. And people end up telling us that they don't like where they are in life and they feel like, you know, they made a series of bad decisions and kind of feeling like those bad decisions have led them to where they are. Or they'll say something like they, they don't have good, quote, unquote, luck, or they always tend to work around or be with the wrong people. And I wanted um, to kind of address that in a broader sense and talk about that a lot of times we make decisions, people make decisions based on what they feel about themselves or who they think they are, based on their self-image, their self-concept, and how they feel about themselves. If a person's self-esteem is pretty high, in general, they'll make a a series of very good decisions based on height. Like, they'll make decisions to be with people or act on things based on how good they feel about themselves. Likewise, when people are feeling mediocre or less than positive about themselves, they'll make decisions to be with someone, um, to take a worse apartment because they think that the other place won't rent to them, to not go for a job because they think no one will take them at the interview, um, to not try to date a girl because they don't feel like they have what it takes to be with that person. And then those decisions put them further and further into um a rabbit hole or a negative place that they don't want to be. And sometimes it can take months, weeks, years to work out of those negative decisions. You know, you can get on a career path based on uh, low self-esteem decisions, and you're off where you want to be, you know, five, ten years down the road because you were afraid to take that promotion or afraid to take that career move to a different company, okay, and you decided to stay exactly where you're at, where you feel comfortable, not take any risk there because you didn't feel you could handle uh, that new job with a different little scope or more expanded responsibility, okay? And you're down the road, you're like, how come I haven't had a significant pay increase in the last 10 years? You know, kind of basically the same, maybe a little couple merit increase, but really no major changes. How come I really don't feel too challenged in my, in my career? It's because of the decision that you could have made avoiding those opportunities that may have crossed your path to take some larger role and have a bigger scope. But because of that decision, you kind of got yourself pigeonholed in there. Absolutely. So let's let's define for a second self-esteem. Sure. And what self-esteem is. Had a couple of different uh, definitions of self-esteem. One, the simple one we have is from Oxford Dictionaries. Really, self-esteem is confidence in one's own worth or abilities, self-respect. You know, some synonyms, uh, self-respect, pride, dignity, self-regard, things of that nature. Faith in oneself, morale, self-confidence, confidence in self-assurance. So, And I want to talk about this definition. Confidence that one has in their own worth or abilities, comma, self, self-respect, right? And I want to talk about that for a second because 
people often think that the loudest people in the room maybe have the best self-esteem. And the quietest people maybe have the worst self-esteem. So self-esteem is not how a person carries themselves. It's what they think about themselves. That's a great point. And that people can look shiny like a brand-new penny, and their self-esteem can be really low. Or people can not look so shiny, but they can feel like, hey, there is nobody in the world better than me, and if, if I can't do it, nobody can. Or if Susie can do it, then I can do it. Like, people can feel really good about themselves. So it's not always about how a person looks. So a lot of times, especially when I deal with, with young people, you spend a lot of time on their outside appearance, right? It's when you, like when you first turn, like the teenage years, you got a lot of time to comb your hair, you got extra time to paint your nails, you have extra time to groom and take care of yourself. So a teenager may look really, really good on the outside, and their self-esteem can be nothing. You can talk to some folks who say the majority of folks of the world would say this person is an attractive person, mm-hmm. but to them, for whatever reason, yeah, I'm really not that attractive. Like, mm-hmm. what are you talking about? You're, you know, you're a very attractive person. And it, for, the, for whatever reason, their self-esteem tells them, no, I'm not, I'm not an attractive person, mm-hmm. even though the majority of people would say that they are. Right. So I want to be careful to say that when we talk about self-esteem, we're not talking about what other people think about you. We're not talking about what you look like. We're talking about how you feel about yourself. Um, and then self-esteem has layers. It's possible to feel good about yourself in 99 areas and then have one area where you have low self-esteem. So you may find someone that's a, a, a very good uh, artist or a very good surgeon or very good um, at whatever their craft is. Right. But in relationships, they have low self-esteem. So they sure. feel like, hey, I'm great in every area, but when dating, maybe they don't have the confidence that they should. Maybe they saw things at home that they shouldn't have. Maybe they dated someone that told them that they weren't worthwhile. Um, maybe they've made mistakes in the past and they don't think they can get around those, so that they may be good in 99 spots but may not be good in that one spot of, of a particular area of their life. Uh, you can have a friend who's very successful career-wise, uh, financially successful, but for whatever reason, afraid to approach a woman to go out on a date. Mm-hmm. You know, you're out at a restaurant, uh, out at a club, hey, let's go talk. Oh, she's really attractive. Why don't you go talk to her? No, I really can't do it. What? You know, you're successful. You know, you got every, all these uh, accolades, you know, but for whatever reason, they don't feel that they can make that connection to that person. They don't feel like breaking that ice, that they can handle breaking that ice to that person for whatever reason, okay? So in that particular area, they have some low self-esteem issues that they're working with. Absolutely. So when you're defining self-esteem in your own life, it doesn't have to be that you think a negative of yourself in, area, in every area. We could just be talking about one. Right. So what is a low self-esteem decision? Were you trying to give that other definition? No, go Okay. So what is a low self-esteem decision? It's a decision that a person makes based on the lowest area of their esteem versus the highest area of their esteem. Mm-hmm. Let me give you an example. Um, you, you see a class of high school students, and everybody's uh, thinking that, that the top ten students are super smart. They all get accepted to a number one school, and we've seen a lot of top students maybe go off and say, I don't want to go to a Harvard or Stanford or Yale. Now, they don't finish the sentence because they don't think they can make it. But then they end up and maybe they go to um, a lesser-known college or a community college. And that's not to say that, that anyone that goes to a community college has low self-esteem. It's to say that sometimes people don't think they can make it, and we've seen people make decisions not based on their academic strengths but maybe based on what they think of themselves and their capabilities. Right. I'll say one, on, on the corporate side, folks who are interviewing for jobs, okay, and they, the company asks, well, how much are you looking for? You know, and they'll say the same salary that they're at right now, 
even though the job they're interviewing for has a larger scope, it's a higher level than they're at right now, but they don't feel confident enough to ask for the salary that their that their skill is worth. Hey, they're they're qualified to do that next job, but you know, whatever reason they don't feel comfortable or confident enough in themselves to ask for that extra money that they really deserve mm-hmm. for whatever reason. But, you know, you're qualified for this job. You know, this job pays $10,000 more than what you're currently making. You should be confident enough to say, you know what, I am qualified to do this job. I have the skills, okay? Here's the, the salary that I'm demanding for my skill set. Like, no, no, I'll take the last mm-hmm. for whatever reason. That's where they're at right there. Mm-hmm. Could you talk about a couple scenarios in the workplace that kind of look like low self-esteem decisions? Sure. I've had uh, folks uh, in meetings, you know, you're at a, at, a, at a conference call or a meeting, and we're trying to uh, pull the decisions, get the folks' opinions, and folks, for whatever reason, will not stand up and give their opinion or ask questions. Like you have, you have say, 20 people on a conference call, and, you know, five people are in each room, okay, and I have people – whispering to me, hey, could you ask this question on the call? No. You need to use your question. You're confident enough to go ahead and answer that question. And they will, whatever it is, they will not speak up and ask that question. No, you ask the question. You know, no, this is your question. Feel confident enough and have the self-esteem that you're qualified. You're, you're at the round table, okay? Speak up and ask for yourself. Give your opinion on the topic. Ask the question that you have. But they will not do it. Mm-hmm. They will not do it. And, and let me make a – let me distinguish something a little bit. I want to tease out – the difference between a manipulator and a person with low self-esteem. We've all worked with somebody that kind of um, they all step back and they push you forward so they want you to stand up for them because they don't want to lose their job maybe so they don't answer questions or they don't ask things. Sure, sure. Right? So that's very different than someone that actually has the answers, is not afraid, but feels like they're not worthy to ask those questions. Right. And you hit it right at This could be someone we're asking for input, you know, um, we're trying to find out information, who has information. You know, this happened two years ago. Some folks may have been around the time. We're trying to get some information what happened with that, who has that old report. You know, oh, I have it. Or they won't even bring it up on the call. The call will end, and they'll bring it up after. The, I didn't want to bring this up on the call. But everybody was asking for it because no one had the answer, but you had the answer. Go ahead and speak up. Correct. It's just they didn't feel confident enough to bring it up. And this is a person who may not get those promotions at work because when they're kind of asked to be shiny, right, and before you promote somebody, you kind of want them to to be shiny, to show you that they can do what they're supposed to do, to show you how they can handle a crowd, right? So this is the person that will always email somebody afterhand the information, like post the meeting, and then never really say publicly that they've got the information that's needed. So when that happens, your name doesn't get on the radar. You know, so because people are always listening out for people who are speaking up, who are being uh, forthcoming with the information, raising their hand. So, okay, this person is taking ownership of where they're at, and they're possibly ready to go to the next level. But if you're not even taking ownership of where you're at, your name is not getting on the list to go to the next level, no doubt about that. You know, and it can even come across in how you talk about yourself, okay? When you talk about, oh, I, couldn't, I can't imagine having all that pressure. You hear people may say that at a job. Oh, I can't believe, you know, the managers when they go away, you know, all the pressure they're in, all the deadlines that they've got to meet. You're saying that. People are always listening to what you're saying, and your name gets on the list or off the list based on, uh, based on your manager or all the manager's decisions, and it's, they listen to what you say. Your verbiage out there saying that you can't handle this, guess what? Your name is coming off that promotion list. Absolutely. Let me tell you um, another example, and there maybe you can speak to this a little bit more because you do more of our corporate work. But there are people 
that have low self-esteem that can kind of answer the questions of the meetings, and they can be made shiny, and they can get promotions. However, when they get a little bit of power, it frightens them, and they don't know what to do to it, do with it. So these are the people that get promoted, and then within six months to a year, they get demoted, right, because they don't know how to handle it. Can you speak to that? So sometimes you make a good question. So sometimes people can't handle the pressure or the added authority. Uh, one thing I, I've seen where people don't hold people accountable, okay? So they get a promotion based on their skills, okay? But obviously when you get promotion, sometimes you have direct reports or you've got deadlines to meet. They don't hold people accountable who owe them information, okay? So let's say someone's supposed to give you a quote for a job. You know, we're trying to uh, build this new building. We need the electrical quote. We need the uh, mechanical quote. That's supposed to have that last Friday, okay? Now it's Thursday of the following week. Did you have the, the quote that was promised to you? No, I didn't. I was still waiting on it. No. Well, did you, you call them and ask for them? No, I haven't called them and asked for them. Wait a minute. You know, this information is needed. You know, you're responsible for this. You need to hold these people accountable for, for doing this. Or if you have employees working for you, okay, and they're not doing their reports on time, they're not uh, they're having attendance issues, but you're not holding them accountable. Hey, have you spoken to Bob who's continually being late? No, I haven't spoken to him. You know, he's having a lot of challenges. But you haven't addressed it with them? No. Guess what? You're, you're showing yourself that you can't handle this level that you're at right now. But you're not holding these people accountable because maybe you're afraid to talk to them. You don't want to handle the conflict. That's going to be a problem. That's going to uh, trigger that you may need to get promoted. You can't handle this new level of responsibility. Absolutely. You know, let me talk about another example of things. I will talk about um, a lot of times I have young people just graduating college coming to me, and they're talking about, uh, Dr. Well, where do you think I should apply for a job at? And so let's say they've got company, the best company in the world, A, B, C, D, E, and they've got mediocre company, one, two, three, four, five, and they've got not so great company, but they're pretty sure they'll get a job there. A lot of times people with low self-esteem will, will try for that third job. Good, right. Another uh, in the job world, people uh, really taking criticism too personally, okay? If you're talking with somebody, you need to get some constructive feedback to them, okay? Uh, your your report needs to be more detailed, okay? Uh, this is not the, the layout that I wanted. You know, I explained the one before. I needed some more details on this. I needed addresses as well as phone numbers, whatever the case may be. And they shut down when that happens. And you'll give them that constructive criticism. Mm-hmm. They say, uh, you know, well, me, I can't do it. Can you find someone else to do it? No, what are you talking about? No, this is your responsibility. But at that point, they start to shut down, mm-hmm. okay, because you feel like you're, you're persecuting them. Uh, like, no, I'm just giving you some corrupt, constructive criticism that I need you to, to work on this. No big deal. But I need you to work on this. Mm-hmm. Some people can't handle it. They just shut down that point in time. And a lot of times, I know for parents out there, you can see this in your children, right? You can say, hey, Susie Snowflake, you did a good job, but maybe this problem is wrong. And all of a sudden, they're pushing the book away. You don't think I can ever do anything right forget it then, you know, maybe I shouldn't finish school, like all of those types of things, right? And so we got to watch ourselves for these behaviors. we got to watch the people around us for these behaviors, especially ones we can impact and kind of help people talk through that. Um, here's another place that people make low self-esteem decisions, in relationships. Yes, in self-relationships. Um, choosing people, like in personal relationships outside of work, right, or right. child relationships, right. but choosing people that you know aren't good for you or that aren't maybe the best people because you don't think you can get anybody else. That's a huge one. And so many times, like, again, the statistics are really high. 50% of marriages end in divorce, right? 
75% of second marriages end in divorce. Mm-hmm. We've got lots of people, especially our millennials, not getting married at all because they don't feel like it's, it's something that they can sort of force through or they don't necessarily feel like all of those pieces are necessarily valid for them. Or is it that self-esteem doesn't allow someone to sort of push for those traditional things, right? right? So lots of times I see young ladies that maybe they're not comfortable with the way that they look or maybe they got mistreated in high school. Maybe there was a Facebook war and they were called ugly or names or whatever. And right. so they pick guys that are maybe mean to them, abusive to them, or not necessarily as kind as they should be, and they'll take it again and again and again and again because they don't feel like they're worth anything better or that they can get anything better or um if you ask them what am i good at maybe nothing you know is what people say right but these may be girls that are beautiful like you know we've all seen the hollywood actors that can't stay married yes yes. you know or the hollywood actors that says hey he was abusive to me but i stayed because i never really loved myself people really never knew who i was but it's not just hollywood it also happens in personal relationships and a lot of times and, and men do the same thing maybe some guy is shorter than he thinks he should be or maybe he dated a girl in college that was beautiful and she cheated on him so now he feels like hey I can never have that person that's um, going to be committed to me. So then they, they kind of date a little bit lower caliber than what they should, or they date somebody maybe who, who's who got whatever flaw is. You, you fill in the blank. I don't want to choose flaws for people or th- because everybody's subjective opinion of what a flaw is is different. But a lot of times people kind of shoot lower than where they could because they don't think that they can get who they want to be with. And then what happens is when you're in a long-term relationship with someone and you're not um, – on the same level with things, you don't agree on a lot of things or you, or the person's being abused, and you fast forward five, six, seven years when children are involved, bills are involved, houses are involved, you see marriages implode on, on themselves. You know, you can see it in this way they allow their partner to talk to them, you know, they talk with them with disrespect, call them out of their name, and, you know, they seem to be, you know, may shy away from it, but they don't stand up and say, you know what, you can't speak to me that way, mm-hmm. you know. They may do it in public and private, Okay, but for whatever reason, they continue to be with that person, allow that person to talk to them that way. Okay, uh, you know, there used to be a famous song, I don't, a part of a line of a song, I don't care what you do to them, just be good to me. So they may say, I'm okay with you having other relationships, even though we're supposed to be in a quote unquote committed relationship. The one person may be committed, but as long as you don't bring it around me, I don't know about it, I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm okay if you cheat, I'm okay with you have other uh, women on the side, I'm okay if you don't necessarily come home every single night. You know, just uh, just be good to me, something mm-hmm. like that. Also, I've noticed a lot lately is women that are dating men that don't have the financial power that they have. Okay. Um, because they feel like a man with as much financial substance they have will not um, necessarily accept them for who they are. Right. Oh, okay. And I, or I see a lot of women paying bills for men, uh, feeding them, buying clothes, big fancy trips because they feel like, oh, at least if I can pay for these things, then I can have some somewhat of control over him. Okay, so they want to be in the in the they want to have more control over the relationship. Well, because they feel like he'll stay faithful that way, right? So uh, maybe okay. they don't think they're worth or someone else may not be faithful to them, but they feel like if I find a guy that maybe doesn't have a job or makes less money, then maybe he'll always be faithful to me. So more like he'll need me. Correct. Right. I'm the provider in that, in that relationship, so guess what? I am meeting his needs, so he needs me, so he's going to stay with me. Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll continue this relationship because I'm meeting some of those needs that he has. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. And in, in such cases, 
it's hard to feel good about yourself long when you're in a relationship where you don't feel valued or where you're constantly afraid. I've had people say to me, Dr. Ma, I'm afraid if he and I get into an argument and he doesn't like something, I'll say he'll just leave and go be with somebody else, right? So i got to let him say whatever so that he doesn't get disinterested in me and go find somebody else. That's hard. That's, you know, that, that wears on your self-esteem. So whatever the self-esteem is at that point, it continues to, to, to backslide or even decrease over, over time. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We've only got a few minutes left, but I do want to talk about what if you find yourself making low self-esteem decisions and you say to yourself, wait a minute, like like leveraging the low self-esteem thing, like, wait, don't leave me. If you don't leave me, then I'll do A, B, and C. I'll never get fat. I'll never yell at you. We can have sex every day. I won't care if you're mean. You don't have to come home. Just never leave me. What if you find yourself making those low self-esteem decisions? You're married. You've got kids. Like, what do you do moving forward? The first thing that I want people to take a look at is recognize where your imperfections are. Recognize the areas where you feel bad about yourself. And we have to be careful. Some people have, like, a doom and gloom outlook, like, uh, nothing's good. Uh, yeah, I'm not good. You're not good. The world's not good, right? So we've got to be careful if we're feeling that way. And, and start identifying right down where you feel the best about yourself and where you feel the worst about yourself. Second thing is define what you can change in the situation. So if you say something like, I feel too short, right? Are you going to stretch yourself out? No, but you could wear high heels. You could wear padded shoes if you needed to, like if height is the, is the kind of thing that is upsetting you. If you say, I feel like, hey, I feel like I, I don't want to open my mouth ever because my teeth are crooked and people look at me funny. You can figure out a way to go and get braces. You can figure out a way to go get an Invisalign. Let's I think that's important because I think a lot of times people don't really, they get pigeonholed in the mindset. I have this, this, this their self-opposed flaw in their mind. Of, of of themselves, but they don't really take the take the the cap off. Say, you know what? I can do something to address this. Mm-hmm. And they, they really think it's an issue, like like a teeth issue, right? Somebody I've heard people say, you know, they had a teeth issue for years, but they never really got a quote from the dentist to see exactly what they could fix mm-hmm. the teeth. Mm-hmm. You know what? This can be fixed. You know, maybe put that on a plan. Put put it to a budget. You know, you start paying a hundred dollars a month. You know, at the end of the year, you can get your teeth fixed. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then you know. Took so you a year to save the money to get it fixed, but for the rest of your life, that issue is is gone. Mm-hmm. You know, so really just take take the you know mm-hmm. really take the cap off. Really think about what you can do to address these issues. Absolutely, and it's possible that that what's ailing you is something that you can conquer rather quickly, right? Right. right. I mean, let's say it's a weight issue. Let's say you're feeling too big, too little, whatever the case may be. If you're feeling too big, you can go walking outside of your house if you have to. Right. You can park most, I mean, we live in Chicago land, so you can park downtown Chicago and walk the lakefront. I, I remember reading an article last year about someone who was uh, successful in business, but they had uh they weren't happy with their body image, so they said most of them were body image. You know what? And they said, you know what? They were just too busy. Said, you know what? I'm just going to start walking. Mm-hmm. You know, don't have time to go to the gym, whatever the case may be. I'm just going to start walking, and they were able to lose weight and get down to the weight that they wanted just by taking that walk. Okay, Absolutely. instead of doing the drives, you know, they made it work. I'm going to walk. Going to you know park far away from the store. Mm-hmm. Walk instead of driving a couple blocks. I'm just going to walk and be able to get that address that issue for themselves. So there's a lots of ways it can be done. Absolutely. Let's say you're a guy and you feel like, hey, you don't bring enough finances to 
um, a relationship? What are the steps that you need to take to increase finances? Can you go back to school? Can you get a certificate? Are there things that you can learn online? Do you have any crafts you can sell on Etsy? Do you have any, you know, what, what are the ways that you can, you can add money? Let's say you're concerned about your speech. Can you get a speech therapist? Can you, can you find out some ways to fix that? Let's say you were never told anything positive about yourself, right? And so you just kind of feel like, hey, you just don't know what to do with that. Can you do affirmations? Can you listen to a podcast? What are the things that you can do? Let's say you have a history of trauma. Can you get some therapy for that? Let's say you've had several failed relationships, not one, not two, not three, but four, right? Can you figure out what the issues are to to work on yourself? And I think it's a really big deal that we learn that no matter what our flaws are, they can be worked on. No matter what they are, if you like, I, I find men that say, "Well, they've been to prison, so they can't date. They don't feel like they can date a woman that that you know at a certain level." Okay, so what can you do to improve yourself? Are you walking the straight and narrow now? Are you upfront and honest with people about that? Like anything that you're going through, figure out what you can change, what what situation you can work on, right? Because you know, low self esteem can affect your affect you in so many different ways, okay? So it's that important to address that issue. If you do have this issue with low self-esteem, it's worth the mental energy, the focus to go ahead and address it because it can really, really impact your overall outlook on yourself as a whole. It can really have that much of a positive impact on you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. The next step is identify the things that you can't change, mm-hmm. okay? And if you can't change it, what's a workaround to deal with it? What's what's a workaround to deal with it? Let's say you don't like that you have big feet. Let's use that for an example, right? Can you decorate them? Can you get your toes done? Like what are nice some shoes. right? Like what are some things that you can t- can do to deal with those issues, right? right. Um, because some things won't be changeable. Maybe you don't like your complaint. Maybe you don't like um, like there's just several things in life that we have that we won't be able to fix. Even glasses. Oh, I don't, I feel like I should look funny in these glasses. Guess what? Go to the a nicest uh, glass store. Get a nice pair of glasses. Everybody said, whoa, those are nice glasses. Mm-hmm. Okay, upgrade your, your level of glasses. You normally pay $100 for glasses. Go get a $300 pair of glasses. Mm-hmm. And it makes you look attractive. Okay, oh, okay. Now this is you switch it around. Now you look great these glasses. Mm-hmm. Simple things like that. Right, right. And, again, if there's things that you can't change, Find a workaround right. for those. Got to add glasses. Guess what? We'll make them look attractive as they possibly can. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, guys, thanks for joining us today. And I know that we only had 30 minutes on this topic, but I really feel like making low self-esteem, low self-esteem decisions is really changing the world for people. People are making horrible decisions based on what they think. But if you can figure out a way to feel better about yourself, then your decisions can follow. Make it a great week, folks. All right, guys. Bye-bye.